0: Well, we continue the conversation here with Sipile uh, Klatiga, Klatiga, rather, who is an associate of ENSA's Af- Africa's Employment Department, uh, specializing in employment law. We're talking about um, you know, this idea of being able to disconnect, at least from your office, and not have to respond to your calls or SMSs from your bosses. Sipile, good morning to you. Thank you for your time. Good morning, Cathy. Thank you for having me and good morning to our listeners. So, you know, it, it looks like a very attractive idea. Firstly, let's talk about how Portugal has gone about doing it.
1: Um, well, um, well, the right in, in Europe, essentially, I think, let's first explain to our listeners what the right entails. Um, like you have just put it now, as a result of um, the the increase in digitization and remote working most recently, Um employees have been working from home mostly now what this right um, essentially entails um, it entails um, employees being able to disconnect from his own homework or refuse to engage in work related communications emails um, and such um, during non-working hours now it first came about in france um, in 2017 they were the first country to enact the law um, concerning this right to disconnect and since then other european countries as you mentioned portugal as well um, Italy, Belgium, Netherlands and Canada have also considered, proposed or adopt such a right um, but most recently this year um, the latest country was Ireland where they have published a code of practice um, for employers and employees on the right to disconnect so it is, um, mm. it is quite um, popular in the European countries but there are some other Asian countries such as the Philippines which have considered adopting the right as well
0: so just to understand, Sipile, you are saying that the context under which it happened is due to companies moving more and more into the digital space where a lot of work is being done online and not necessarily through the physical presence of people in offices.
1: Yes, um, that, that, that is true. Um, the advent of COVID-19 has contributed greatly um, to this right to disconnect and being brought back into the spotlight. It's been around for a number of years, um, but the pandemic certainly um, in the European countries has triggered conversation and countries having to enact legislation to give effect to the right.
0: I suppose in many ways it is necessary because people want to be able to control um, their time. And where where you have this remote working, oftentimes people are getting email at any times of, of the day and emails rather, at any time of the day, and they expect expected to respond. But if your normal working hours are 9 to 5, and you're getting an email at half past 7, I, I would imagine that part of what this disconnect uh, legislation allows you to do is to only respond tomorrow morning when you're back at work.
1: <laughs> yes, well, um, that's in certain countries, yes. Like I just mentioned now for you, um, in Ireland, for instance, the Irish Code, um, is not actually a law, but it's more like codes that we have in South Africa as well. What the code requires is um, for employers to provide specific information to employees about their working hours and to ensure that employees are aware what their usual working hours are, reasonably to be, mm-hmm. expected to be, and um, to ensure that employees take risk breaks. So what the Irish code recommends for employers to do is that they should adopt policies where emails should be sent during working hours, except for in exceptional circumstances. And then when employees do send communications at times which may be inopportune for other employees, the sender should perhaps consider the timing of the communication to avoid disruption or, um, or and the like. But in South Africa, that is um, a different question. Um, obviously, it's, its stake has its own laws to abide by. Um, South Africa has not considered um, adopting this sort of right, in fact, it doesn't exist. Um, but um, it, it, um, the, the BCA which is the legislation which regulates working hours um, could be, con- could be an, a guiding point to start to see, to see how this right might be applicable um, but as things stand in South Africa, the mm-hmm. right is, is not it is not in place, it, but it could be contended that the right, for instance, employees do have the right to fair to labour practices in the constitution um, that could be interpreted to extend the right, but the problem is that the labor legislation, which is adopted to give effect to the Constitution, does not expressly extend the right. Um, it just provides piecemeal protection to those employees who might be vulnerable, if that's the correct word to use.
2: Mm.
0: Let's talk about what would be needed to make this sort of um, code, a labor code of practice, as, as you describe it, possible in, in South Africa. Where would we need to begin
1: well, obviously, there there need to be a conversation between government, um, trade unions, um, NEDLAC, because that's where, obviously, when codes of good practices are considered being implemented, there needs to be a consultation process. But we need to first look at the practicality of it. Is it practical in South Africa? Is it a viable solution? I mean, um, you will, in, in South Africa, for instance, most large corporates and multinationals um, do... Um, explicitly state in employment contracts that listen, as an employee, um, you are expected to work. If you you earn above the threshold, um, you are told that as an employee, there will be an expectation for you to work ordinary hours for no additional remuneration. Um, But is South Africa, the question then arises, is South Africa um, ready to have this right? And my assessment is that a simple um, blanket prohibition on communication outside of regular working hours might not be the viable answer, especially in South Africa, um, which is attempting to compete with other developed countries. Um, The issue issue of working hours, if if you look at a report that was published in 2017, which considers which countries have, on average, the most working hours um, in a week, South Africa tops the list with Mexico and Costa Rica because they are developing countries. Whereas if you move towards developed countries, such as Germany, Sweden, and france they have hours which are probably about 25 26 um to 30 in in a week so the more developed countries are able to to use this right because they are highly advanced and highly industrialized um, economies whereas in south africa there's long-standing fears about unemployment there is rising inflation um, and slow economic growth which means that people are essentially required to work longer hours so those are those are the considerations which you must have in mind in thinking whether is a viable solution for South Africa.
0: Let's have the conversation then with our listeners. You heard what uh, Sipile had to say. Do you think that this kind of legislation would be practical in a country like South Africa as an employer, as an employee, what are your views on this? On zero double one seven one four two double zero six. That's where I'll be taking your calls. Do you think it's time that you know, as as workers, we're able to 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 at least have in 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 entitlement to be able to disconnect from the office, disconnect, and not um, be expected to be reached at all times. Of the day, you can send me uh, your messages on zero double one seven one four two double zero six, and on the WhatsApp line, it's zero six one four one zero four one zero seven. You know, it's is quite interesting. I was saying to to the listeners earlier that. It could well maybe seem viable in in some sectors, but in others, um, probably completely uh, unreasonable. And and I was using uh, our sector, the media sector, as, as an example. I know that one of the first things I was told when I got my first job was that, when we call, you you answer. You you make sure that you don't miss that call because you could be missing out on something big. Either there's a big breaking story that you need to be sent to, and if you're not available, then that is almost in breach of the contract that you have signed.
1: So, yeah, that, that's quite true, Cathy. Um, what people need to bear in mind, well, employers specifically, they should be mindful of the nature of the job and whether it requires availability after hours. Even in my profession, for instance, we ordinarily work after hours because the nature of the job mm. requires it. Um, but such expectations should be um, stated formally that the employee is at least aware that they might be required to work or be available at least mm. after hours, even though there isn't in the absence of an obligation to do so statutorily by law. So um, it, it is important for employers to to make sure that the expectation is known because that benefits the employee to know what is expected of them and also the employers as well benefits in the process.
0: Let me go to Mark, who's calling us from Johannesburg. Mark, good morning. Morning, Kathy. Yes.
1: Um, I just wanted to make a
3: comment. Eh? All these laws go uh, around employers this and employers that, and employers, and employers. This. That's very much a one-sided approach. I'm, not a, I'm, not a, uh, I'm, a, I'm an employee, not an employer, so um, it's not something that I'm trying to gain birdie points on. When it comes to um, that same thing of sending emails, the employer employee, does exactly the same. You'll see, we'll pass somebody's desk, I'll give you an example. You see you're being sent an email at 10 o'clock the morning. You're quite excited you're going to get an email. You carry on with your day, 12 o'clock comes, 3 o'clock comes, 5 o'clock comes, no mm. email, you go home. 8 o'clock in uh, the, the evening, you get an email from that guy. He's only doing that because he's getting paid per hour, um, the, the the theft of hours and the theft of work, and um, the stuff that employees uh, employers have to do in order to pay out and fork out, mm. where the employee is not held in, accountable in the same action. I think we need to have a revamp on on the whole industry, the whole of the employer yeah. employee.
0: So, so, so basically, Mark, you're talking about some of the tricks that employees will come up with in order yes. to try and get a little bit more money out of the system.
3: And it's, and, it's, and it's geared up that way based mm. on the, the, the privatization where somebody gets paid per hour and not a block sum to a, 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 for, for a salary. Mm. Like, I work for a salary. I don't get paid per hour. If I work one hour or I work 500 hours, I get the same salary. Um, so it's my prerogative to finish my work within a week and not over time.
2: Mm. Mm. And
3: um, at work, vice versa. You, always, you also get uh, employers, that pay... of the the workers, based on the fact that they know they get paid per hour, they send them work and they expect them to do work and not get paid for it. That Mm -hmm. part we all understand, and I think that's where the law came in. But the fact of the matter is it's a two-sided approach here, and and the outcome is a one-sided approach.
0: Yeah. Mark, that's a very important point that that you're raising. Um, so, Spilly, uh, uh, let me come to you and, and and talk about then, as Mark was saying, the person who writes the email at ten but only sends it at eight, so they can bill for 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 uh, for extra hours.
1: Yes. So, I think well, it it, it it always depends what what are the expectations from the employee. Um, if there's an employee who's getting both per hour and they're trying to get their hours up, sending an employee who's not ordinarily required to work overtime, um, time, the employee who's being sent that email obviously would be within their bounds to reply the next one if they aren't required to be working um, beyond their ordinary hours. So that is why the employers should definitely make it definitively clear in their employment content when they hire employees that what what the expectations are. So other employees might be overzealous and be willing to work beyond ordinary hours uh, without any additional remuneration. Some might not. Some will say, I work 9 to 5. I don't get paid to work at 10 p.m. in the evening, and I won't work. Well, that is fine, but only if the employment contract regulates that. So the starting point goes back to um, what regulates working hours in our country. So the basic conditions of the Employment Act regulates that, and it provides protection to a certain group of employees who earn below the minimum earning threshold. So once you earn above the threshold, which is currently set at 211,000 Rand, which is about 17,600 a month, once you earn above that amount of, of, uh, of money, then you are not entitled to certain protection, which the BCA provides to employees who earn below that threshold. So the regulation of working hours is one of those provisions in the BCA which provides protection to employees who are seen as vulnerable. Um, they're seen as vulnerable because they're not recognized as having sufficient bargaining power to negotiate vigorously with their employers regarding their terms and conditions of employment. So it's very important, but the starting point relates to what, what are the terms and conditions on which you are employed. If you are an employee who is not required to work outside ordinary hours and the person's engine, you know, at like 10 o'clock, then it's fine. It should be okay for you. To respond in the morning at eight, because that's when you're required to be working. But mm. as if you are required to be working beyond that that um, that time, then it might cause a problem to you as an employee.
0: All right, Spilo, we're going to continue our conversation in a moment. We're taking a quick break. I've got a lot more callers lined up for you
3: on S.A.F.M.
0: We continue the conversation on the talking point Sipile Kwartiga is still on the line and uh, he's an associate and he particularly deals uh, with employment law and we are looking at uh, legislation that would help South Africans disconnect we're seeing it in parts of Europe is it something we need uh, to consider in South Africa as well basically where you are unreachable uh, outside of your working hours to your office mandy say you're calling us in gauteng good morning hi kathy
2: hi very interesting subject um but i don't see it being practical in the types of contracts that we sign here mm-hmm. in south africa uh, for an example the contract will say you are expected to work from eight o'clock as an example to five o'clock mm-hmm. But then it will have a clause that says, from time to time, you will be expected to work outside of these hours. And that just covers the from time to time emails that they will send you outside of working hours and expect you to respond to them promptly.
0: Mm, Mm-hmm. And so I suppose I
2: don't know if it will be practical here.
0: Yeah, and and I suppose one of the things, Mandisa, in 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 some industries is that the from time to time becomes an everyday thing, right? It's not just um occasionally. Kathy. Yes, can you hear me, Mandisa?
2: Sorry, I'm on the road. I can hardly
0: hear you. So so but- what so so what I was saying is that the unfortunate thing is that in. The the from time to time that is included in the contract sometimes becomes an everyday occurrence, yes. and so there's no you know there, there's no framework that actually guides that.
2: Exactly. Mm. Because you will be told that it's on your contract. This is from the, from time to time that we were referring to mm.
0: Mm.
3: and it
2: happens also with job descriptions. The contract will say this is your job description, mm. and then it will say. And from time to time, you will be required to, pe- to perform duties outside of this, not specified on your contract. So, that on its own tells you that whatever your boss says you must do, you will have
0: to do. <laughs> Whether you like it or not. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, Mandisa, Thanks for the call, Bandisa. Yeah, right, thank you, uh, in Okay, let me go to, I, I don't know if I'm going to pronounce this name correctly. Uh, Boba Vision? Boba Wayne. You're calling us from Johannesburg. Please take me out of this misery. How do we pronounce your name?
4: Sorry, I can barely hear you, but if you can hear me, it's very simply Baogavain.
0: Baogavain. Yes. Ah, I see. Thank you so much for that, Baogavain. Welcome to the show.
4: Sorry, say again, I can barely hear
0: you. Uh, I I was saying welcome to the show.
4: Okay, thank you. I don't normally don't phone in. But I just was busy with something else Your previous, uh, Jolene, I wanted to speak to, but I thought I must just comment that while I'm on it that this whole new act and everything else, one has to be super careful that one doesn't create another department with Mercedes, BMWs, PAs, fancy officers, Prestige, and all these things, because just now the one half of the country is meant to control the other half working from home and who is actually going to do the work is the observation second observation nobody should be in leadership in any position from politics to anything unless they have physically worked themselves and have learned on the job to be kind ethical morally upright to people who work for them, then you don't need laws because people have it innate in themselves. Mm. That's my only comment.
0: Okay. All right. Thanks for that contribution out in Joburg there. Uh, so, Sip- Sipile, let me bring you in here and, and give you a chance again just to weigh in on some of what our listeners have been saying.
1: Um, well, the the issue that oh, the, the previous caller just mentioned now, it it, it is important that um, there should be employees should um, have have good morale to work without having having been regulated by laws but because of once again the developmental nature of of the country we live in or its state rather um, it, it requires to have certain laws in place to protect employees once again um, the emphasis must be placed on the, the effects which the, the efforts which government has, has taken to put in place legislation to protect those employees whom it considers to be vulnerable. And those who are not vulnerable who unfortunately earn above the threshold are seen to be employees who are able to effectively negotiate their terms and conditions with their employers. So they have they have they have more bargaining power um, to negotiate the terms in which they are employed. Unfortunately, the employment contract is after all what regulates um, the employment relationship. I, I take note of the, the previous caller who had mentioned that um, employers in, in their contracts will, will, will tell you explicitly that she might be required to work um, from time to time um, after hours, um, but it essentially it happens on a frequent basis. It's more than time time to time basis. But um, unfortunately, the, the employer's operations are what will demand um, you, how, how, you, how you should be working. So, depending on the employer's operational requirements, that is essentially what's going to require you to work after hours or not.
0: I've got this message from Tabi here in and Greifontaine, uh, and it's an important one because he asked whether this is uh, applicable to employers only, or rather to employees, uh, sorry, if it's applicable to employers only, and are employees also not allowed to contact the employers during um, these disconnect hours. And he says he doesn't think it'll work in South Africa. For example, if there's an emergency over the weekend and he has to notify his employer that he won't be able to come to work, does it mean that he'll have to wait for Monday uh, working hours to resume before he can do that? So in terms of how we are seeing it being applied, in, in the European countries, how does it work from the employee perspective?
1: Well, um, in, in, in the European countries, um, like, like I referred to earlier on to the Irish Code, the contract Code of um, Employers and Employees on the Right to Disconnect, the Code is essentially focused on, on protecting employees. So if, if an employee, for instance, from the example you just provided now, if an employee cannot attend work for instance, on a Monday and they must notify their employer over the weekend, that they cannot work. Um, I don't. I don't see how the, the right would be applicable in, in that in, in that sense because um, the employer expects you to notify them should, should you not be able to attend work. So there would be no prohibition on employees contacting employers, for instance, in the case of an emergency, like you put it, um, to the effect that you cannot attend work on the Monday. There is no prohibition in that respect. The the, the essential focus of the right is to protect employees. As opposed to employers from being contacted.
0: All right. Thank you so much for coming onto the show today, Sipile uh, Kwadika, who is an associate at ENS Africa's Employment Department.